detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again for another episode. No, Gibbo, no, Maddie. I believe Gibbo was having some internet problems. <laughs> Is that correct? Mm, yeah. Uh, so quite a few people's ears have been yeah, blowing, <laughs> yes, up, he's on the blowing up left and right. If you've heard anything he's had to say about Rambo, you should imagine <laughs> you probably wouldn't want to be one of those customer service reps at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I feel sorry for anyone with eye on it currently. <laughs> it's Christmas time. So we've got back-to-back Christmas flicks to come into the into the 25th. We're going to start with our action film, which is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang from 2005. But before we get to that, Jared, let's do a bit of a whip round. What have we been watching? Mm. Right, give it to me. I didn't have a lot on the uh, lot on the slate. Caught up, uh, caught up on yesterday. Yeah, what do you think of that? Not bad. Enjoyable enough. Tonally, she was a bit all over well, the shop. Well, I had a few laughs, and I loved the bloke from, the old bloke from, what was that TV show, the Kumar? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah the Fitz father, yeah. He's fucking wandering in the kitchen going, you look like Ed Sheeran. Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> good on you. It just kind of keeps walking like he was funny, um, and there was a few good laughs in there, but they didn't go anywhere near enough with exploring what a world without the Beatles would look like. Yeah. I did it a couple of times. At, There's one really and, great scene, though, with, with John Lennon. Yeah, but even Which that, I kind of, I really liked that. I thought that was a great thing to have. But I wanted more. I wanted to see more of what they were doing Yeah, or what would have happened. And I've got a few issues over how Lennon, you know, Lennon was like the fucking Dalai Lama when really he's a bit of a shit of a bloke. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. But anyway. yeah, just because he can write a song doesn't make him a top player. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, it was enjoyable enough. Yep. Obviously, I have children, so I did see Frozen 2. What was it like? <laughs> it was all right. Because my daughter was, was right. a bit kind of like, eh. It was a bit It seemed to be a bit hard to understand. Was there wasn't a, a lot of villains. Access. It was definitely a bit harder to access. Oh, I thought it was okay, though. It was all right. The kids were definitely a little bit... Uh, perplexed. Perplexed at times. But, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Mm. If, you, if you like the first one, it's more of the same. It's a little bit more... Yeah, it's, it is a little bit more complex with the emotions that they're dealing with of the main characters and whatever, but it was enjoyable enough. Disney Plus. Got onto a bit of Disney Plus and dug up a couple of... Uh, old, old classics. Mr. Boogity. Mr. Boogity. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe not an old classic. Oh, uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely not a classic. But yeah, I saw old, that on there. Old, um, fondly remembered TV movies. Yeah, I, I saw them on there. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Boogity was. Yeah, it's. I guess it's one. If you had more of an attachment to it with when you're a kid, it would have it would hold up more. I didn't necessarily have that attachment, so no. it was just a bit of a. Yeah, it was a bit of a fun little thing for the kids. Maybe the black hole. What was that like? Because that's taken a lot of heat uh, over the years. It's not, not very that, good. It's not all that great. It's pretty dark. They go into some some quite dark things without going sort of too much into it. You kind of see where things are going from the get-go, but, yeah, in terms of a... I don't know. It's probably, you know, it's got a bit of that Star Wars element for but for people who like that kind of nihilistic... <laughs> Shit. Right. Should uh, I steer clear of the black hole? I don't know if you. Should, I don't know if I would steer clear of it. Look, I paid eighty nine bucks for a year, so I may as well just stumble into yeah, it. Yeah, you may as well just fall into it one one afternoon. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
the good guys are bloody um, Anthony Perkins and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was the old mate from Breaking Bad that died just recently? Robert Robert Foster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're the good guys. They're a couple of the good guys. Jesus. <laughs> the Who are the villains? Casting was spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the villains actually got a little bit of gravitas. Look, something that Maddie would probably enjoy. He does look a little bit like a... Um, uh, Demis Roussos or something like that. So Maddie would probably love it. <laughs> <to be honest. laughs> I'm up to date with the Mandalorian. Yep. Still going on, right? Yeah. Look, I'm loving it. A couple of the later episodes have dropped off a little bit. Episode five was possibly a little bit too fan servicey. That's been a big complaint, but the story just didn't seem quite as strong. Episode six, I quite liked. Couple of surprising appearances too, Clancy Brown and Bill Burr. <laughs> oh. And I kind of like the episode, but the big complaint about that one has been um, that you start the episode and end the episode with the two kind of characters that you're wanting to develop just in exactly the same place they were when they started, which I 100% agree with. But the episode was fun nonetheless. So yeah, I'd recommend it. I really enjoy the series. The other one is I uh, finished up the finale of Castle Rock. Yep. Jim? Or did it fall uh, off a little? Look, the Annie Wilkes stuff was fantastic. Loved the Annie Wilkes stuff. Loved it. And it starts to really tie into Misery down the stretch. But the problem is the big kind of twists and the big stories they set up Aren't elsewhere just went off with a whimper. Yeah. So I would highly recommend it because I think the, the episodes that centred around Annie Wilkes' backstory and um, a lot of the moments you got with her throughout the series were excellent. Mm. Kind of um, sympathetic at parts. Yeah. But also developing into where she got to with Misery. But the stuff that they kind of started to put together was really exciting. As I said to you, it kind of recontextualised Series 1 a little bit. Yep. And it just got left hanging again. Mm. So that was a bit... That was a bit, uh, a bit frustrating, hmm. especially given that there's no guarantee yet that there's going to be a season three. Yeah. If it gets left, it's just going to be, it seems like perhaps they were doing the same thing, saving this arc to tie into whatever's planned for series three. But yeah, it just went away with a whimper. So that was a bit frustrating, but I would highly recommend it for the Annie Wilkes stuff anyway. Okay. And the last one I saw was The Adams Family. Was that any good? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah? Really enjoyed it. It was... Uh, the kids liked it. A couple of nice little nods to the series. It's own little thing. It's no... no you know, it's not going to set the world on fire. But if you liked The Adams Family when you were younger, and I certainly did. I remember our grandfather used to whip The Adams Family on on the black and white <laughs> TV, so I didn't know if it was colour anyway. <laughs> so we used to, yeah, watch a bit of that yeah. and have a bit of a laugh. So there was a kind of familiarity to it that I, yeah, I really enjoyed. And it's a gateway thing for the kids. I mean, my son was, he's eight now, and he was watching it, and there was a, a there was a little gag in regards to Pennywise. Hmm. And he turned around to me, and he's like, hey, that's a, yeah. that's a little bit of a joke. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you probably shouldn't know that. But yeah. hey, I'm kind of proud in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so that was me. That was all, that was you covered. all of it. Yep. All right, I watched The Confession Tapes, season two. Nowhere near as good as the first season. No. For me at all. In fact, some of them I was kind of like, I'm not really sure who's in the role. Yeah. The like, episode with the, the kayaker? Yeah. That was a bad one. That was a, that, that sucked. Yeah. But also, the funny one about that one was, surely that's getting thrown out the moment the kayak specialist says it would take 
a, a very large amount of work to sink that boat mm. by taking the little plug out. You'd have to paddle like it was going out of fashion. Mm. That's really the the answer to that one, you know. And it kind of didn't have much going for it. The other, the one that I found very interesting was the second one where those two, those that girl and the young bloke just broke into that house and killed everybody mm. with a shotgun, and they basically pinned it on two brothers yeah. who seem to have absolutely zero connection yeah, with yeah. anything. Well, that was the one. That's one of those ones where, uh, you know, I've said it before, but that's one of those ones where it scares me. Like, I just hope I'm never in a confession room with the blokes that are on those fucking videos. Yeah. Because they just won't hear anything other but, than... you know, and let's be the, honest. That's the thing. That's the technique that they've been taught. Yeah. If you think this is a guy, you fucking hammer them. And but these, the fact is, though, all you got to say is, I want a lawyer. I just noticed that a lot of people in these situations don't. A lot of them think they're ask helping. for a loyal. Yeah, they yeah. They say, oh, "I'm here to help." But the, the moment, moment you say, think that you're, where were you at this time? Yeah, the moment you well, think yeah. that perhaps they're talking to you about your involvement. But yeah, if I, I need recall to correctly, some of the people in that series did. Yeah, and, and then, they were denied. Yeah, remember the one that was taken to a fucking yeah. back shed? Yeah. So the, he, he asked for a lawyer a couple of times or whatever. And yeah, that was the first episode the, in the season. The guy went outside and started pretending he was calling his daughter yeah. and that she was going to get rolled up for the crime. Yeah. Like, that sort of shit is scary. Yeah. That's right. And look, it, you know, it all sounds like, yeah, oh, I just asked for a lawyer, but you just never know how these people are going to play it. Mm. There's some scum in the in some of those coppers over there were fucking shit out. Well... The one that appears in the episode about the brothers. Yeah. Who still fucking swears up and down that they did it. So but look at that, though. What about the evidence? She's going, I've never seen him before. Look closely, look closely, look closely. What yeah. the fuck? What about the evidence, mate? No, no, it was them. That scumbag's out yeah. walking the streets. It's just, oh, okay. yeah. It's... Who's the scumbag? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <coughs> I watched the movies that made us, the Die Hard episode. Yep. Yeah, it was really well done. But nothing that I didn't already know. Mm-hmm. I found it very amusing that they had to ask Frank Sinatra <laughs> play the role first yes. because he had been it's in the, the previous, yeah, yeah. the original story, the character that was in the book. Yep. So, fuck, fuck imagine. Hell, imagine if Frankie had held his ground and said, no, no, I'm in. <laughs> And they're all going, Frankie, come on. And they would have just bought him out. They would have. They would have just paid him off. I also, oh, there was one thing I couldn't find. We're I talking couldn't... about a world without the Beatles. What about talking about a world where Frankie holds out and makes sure that he's in Die <laughs> The one thing that they didn't quite fully explain was they kept saying Bruce Willis was a, he was a TV actor. He'd had a couple of credits. They'd both been duds. And, he, and his, his agent's sitting there going... So I asked for five million bucks. <laughs> I'm like, what? How did we get to five million dollars? <laughs> so basically, you're telling me the guy was the guy was poisoned. He was poisoned, and you're asking five mil. Good, and it didn't actually. It, it didn't even actually say that Joel Silver went. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. He just kind of said. Oh, then I just rang Bruce and said, yeah, here we go. <laughs> so that that was kind of strange because it didn't really explain how we got to $5 million. Yeah, I feel like there's a couple of pa- a couple of scenes missing from this story. <laughs> um, Asked for $5 million, scene missing. Bruce, we got it. 
But it was good. It was still enjoyable. Yeah. Not as it's good as the toys. It's definitely a cocaine fueled party there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where promises were made and pictures were taken. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jared, while I was cleaning up my um, my bookshelf, I came across some of my old comics and graphic novels that yep. I bought, and I know I had Whiteout. Yeah, yeah. So I, I said, oh, I remember thinking to myself, there was a movie of Whiteout, wasn't movie, there? Yeah. So I jumped on Netflix. Boom, there it was. <laughs> it was shit out. <laughs> <laughs> um, not for. There are a couple of sequences that were awesome. It, imagine, you know, the the thrill, the, the the sequences where they're trying to sort of she's trying to get away from a killer, and they're on those ropes out in a muddy in a, in a in a snowstorm where if you let let go, you're fucked. You, mm. That was tense. That shit. It was really well done. But the, I think they actually tried to combine the two different because there was two wide out um, graphic novels. Mm-hmm. I think they tried to combine the two of them together, and they cocked it up. Because it was pretty flat, other than those couple of scenes. Oh, Kate Beckinsale was fine. I, I've always liked Kate Beckinsale, and I thought she was pretty good in it. But the rest of it was just a shambles, mate. Mm. It was all over the shop. So, chalk that up. as uh, read that. You may bring that one over. Yeah, I might bring it over. Then I'll watch the shitty <laughs> adaptation as well. A mate of mine put me onto an Australian show called No Activity. Yep. On Piss stand. funny. Piss funny. Yeah. Including this... Absolutely hilarious sequence involved because the whole idea is they're just sitting around doing nothing. Yeah, you know, two coppers watching a drug stakeout, and all yeah, they ever yeah. do is yeah you know, talk shit. It's one of Stan's few uh, originals. Originals. Um, but they, but they also they've got the two coppers, but then they cut away to the two crims mm. waiting in the and it's Akko and another bloke that we've seen a million times, and they have this conversation about imagine coming out as a gay footballer, and it just. It just balloons, and it's just piss funny because Akko and that, yeah, Akko, as you know him, is that sort yeah. of, t- and he's here talking about, oh, they're definitely in love and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Yeah, the um, US version's on there too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, and I think it's still got the Australian bloke because there was one episode that had the guy out of, he was in The Mummy and he was in New Girl. Mm. He was in the car with him. Um, because he was an FBI agent. And so I think what's happened is maybe they've done the... back and forth. Yeah. Because yeah. I think Tim Meadows yeah, is in Tim there. Tim Meadows. Right? I think Will Ferrell might have popped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... It wasn't bad. Yeah. Now, let's get to the big boppers here. I watched Six Underground. <sighs> Look, Bay. I'm going to come Shit out list. straight and say... Bay is still a director that has made some good pictures for me. Are you selling me? your barrels of McGee and purchasing <laughs> Bay? <laughs> no, I'm not purchasing Bay. The guy shoots realistic stunts, so I love all that. But he has just... He's just got... no. He's lost the plot, mate. Netflix have given him $150 bucks to just run riot. Yeah. And that's what he's done. The, the script is fucking crap. It is terrible. And... They keep trying to integrate these sequences of emotion and it is just, it falls so flat because it's just been bayed up to the max. Can I just toss out another thing here? So, outside of Deadpool, right, Ryan Reynolds has now got this and he's coming up with Free Guy, which I liked the idea of. Yeah. But seeing the preview, not so liking the idea of... 
what's going on? Look, Ryan that, Reynolds, outside of those two things, is really struggling. No, but see, Reynolds, you can guarantee they gave him 20 mil. I know, but he's the not only reason he... Hear me out. He's not making you 20 mil. I know. Ever. I don't understand. Outside of Deadpool, he's, he's, his resume is disappointment after disappointment. And I love the guy. Yeah, I do. And he was even somewhat enjoyable in this. Mm. Is he a second fiddle? In this? No, is he... Yeah, he's definitely a, he's he's a second fiddle. A other than in Deadpool. Yeah. Like any Deadpool movie, of course. But he's the kind of guy who can give you plenty as a second man. Mm. He did show up in uh, Hobbs and Shaw and was quite amusing. <laughs> yeah. The problem with the, this movie is there are kernels of interesting shit in here and these movies work. It is obvious that there is a, a, a an audience for this. Look at Mission Impossible. Yeah. This is what this is. Mm. But Mission Impossible does it so well because... A, they don't shake the camera every time something comes near it. Yeah, when we're watching the action scenes, we can go, there's Ethan Hunt. Yeah. There's the person that's chasing you. Yeah, exactly. And they're convoluted and a little bit silly, but you at least know roughly the plot. Mm. I couldn't make head nor tail of this. There is nothing that tells me that anybody read this script and said, definitely, definitely I want to make this movie. I mean, the script's a fucking hodgepodge of nothingness. It, it, it is based around three or four action, massive action scenes that go for mm. 25 minutes apiece. And I just... Look, I don't I don't know Michael Bay. He's, he's probably a lovely bloke. <laughs> but judging by his movies, he Sorry, strikes me as Megan a... Fox, he's not. <laughs> well, judging by his movies, he strikes me as the kind of guy who goes around flicking people's dicks and getting yeah, them in headlocks yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know... Farting in their faces and things <laughs> like that. He strikes me as a frat boy. Yeah, yeah. Party at Bay's house. Yeah, no, yeah. Not interested. Yeah, yeah. Party at Bay's house. You know. It's just, he strikes me as that. He, yeah. he just, nobody's got a leash on him for this. I still can't go past Ben Affleck on the on the Armageddon commentary. What? what he's asking him about. Oh, why don't, drill why, why don't you just teach astronauts how to drill? It's Fuck up. off, Ben. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, that's, but, that's but what we're dealing with. Think about this. Armageddon is grossly over the top and is shot in classic Bay style, but it works. Yeah, I'm still... I'm still uh, I'm still on Armageddon. You were Island. saying it was gold. <laughs> we yeah, did I'm the Bruce Willis thing. You said, "Oh, they're out of given day. It's a gold." Yeah, um, we better watch it again because I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. stay on this island. Dude. <laughs> but Bay is capable of taking all those elements <laughs> and working them well enough to get your emotions pumping and shit. Mm. Even though he's going overboard with all the fancy stuff in the directorially. Yeah, but he's capable. But he's just, Netflix have just let him go and it's, I don't know how they judge it being a success either. How do you reckon, um, how do you reckon uh, Michael Bay would go on a Blumhouse picture when Jason Blum's saying, <laughs> we've, got to, we've got to chip away uh, 15 million from this scene. Yeah, no, 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 he goes, he goes chip away 20 you've, from got, here. you've got 10 million and Michael goes, I can't do it for that, mate. <laughs> yeah, can't I cannot do it, do it for that. I can do it for 50. Mm. And look, I'm not I'm not writing Bay fully off because you know what, Pain and Gain was only what 
Yeah, five years ago, and really it was good. fucking awesome. He's I loved got, it. You know, whatever else, he's still got Armageddon on the resume. The Rock. Still got The Rock. Still got Even Bad, bad Boys. boys. So, um, and the thing about yeah. it is pain and gain played to his strengths, and it worked. Partially because of the material, yeah. but it played to that kind of high-octane sort of stuff he does, but and it, it was had, really well. It also had some... It also had some fun characters. Yeah. This has no characters. Like, you couldn't give... There's a sequence where they try and make out, like, things are getting emotional because one of them might die. And I'm just like, who is he? Hmm. He's a, he's a cardboard cutout. Yeah. And you can't have that in this sort of stuff. No. Nah. But there is an audience for it, and I'd suggest it's probably going to be a hit for Netflix. Yeah, it'll go gangbusters because you've told everyone not to watch it, but that'll just make us watch it anyway. <laughs> I'll sit here and have a look at that tonight. And then. Uh, and the yeah. last one for me was Black Christmas. Mm, I'm very interested to hear about this oh, one. Um, I'll probably check it out tomorrow. There hopefully. is some interesting stuff here. Yeah. And the message is I liked, but it was so heavy handed. Mm. And the ending is fucking ridiculous. Like, ridiculous. And... Are we talking... Um, are we in Supernatural Killer Room? We are. <laughs> We're in cut room. We're in cut territory. Kind Shit. of. And you know what? The movie's made for five mil. It's classic Blumhouse, mate. It's made for five million bucks. It's going to make 25 million. Yeah. So they'll make profit. And you can see why. It needed some gore that doesn't have any, which is a mistake. It was PG-13, wasn't it? Yeah. You, you, you need something. Yeah. There was a couple of nice sequences, certainly one early on that I liked, and it did sort of touch on some of the stuff that was in the original, but just sort of repurposed, um, like the phone calls, but they're now done with sort of texts and things like that, and I thought that was okay. And I'm actually a really big fan of um, Imogen Poots, who's the star, and she was good. But the film is just... I, lo- I, I liked the message and I thought it was a good place to go, but it just was so heavy-handed and so... They were just banging you over the head with it. And then they try and... When they bring the big reveal at the end, it's just like, oh, my God. Mm. You know, this is where we've gotten to. So it's not... I would. I mean, you definitely have to check it out, but it wouldn't be high on my re-watching list, I can tell you that. <laughs> Yeah. All right. That's everything for me. All right, let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 2005's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Let's go. Hurry up. It's not my fault. Just shut up and run. Hold it right there. Harry was a small-time crook. Oh, boy. Till he opened the door. Oh, no, no. We're not ready for your audition. Just take him. He's ready. You're ready, right? To a really big break. Quit acting like the good guy. You got your partner killed. You killed him. See, this is what I'm talking about. Old school method. Give me Gabe Perry on the phone. But he'll need a real cop. Detective lessons tomorrow for your acting. Oh, you're the uh, consultant. If he wants to act the part. You must be Gabe Perry. Still gay? Me? No. I just like the name so much. I can't get rid of it. So what do you do? I'm a private detective. She thinks I'm a detective. Of all the idiot things to do. My sister from Shane Black, the creator of Lethal Weapon. Do not play detective. Moron. Go home before the bad guys do something bad to you. Two 
corpses in three hours. I mean, that's unusual, right? Yes. Comes the mystery. It's a frame up. First things first. Do you have the corpse? I, I got rid of it. You threw it away. Yeah, look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture of me? No. The definition of the word idiot. Ow. It starts with a kiss. Why'd you lie to me? It was an excuse to stay around you, so I mean, I think... Ow! Did I just cut off your finger? Yeah. It's on the floor. Pick it up. Pick it up. And ends with a bang. Where is the girl? You put a live round in that gun. Oh, yeah. There was like an 8% chance. Eight. Who taught you math? I'm stupid. Val Kilmer. Yes. I think you're stupid. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Oh, hell. Kiss me. What? Kiss me. No, no, no. No, no, no. These lessons suck. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang from 2005. Written and directed by Shane Black, who gave us Lethal Weapon, and it's based in part on a novel by Brett Halliday. It's produced by Joel Silver, who produced The Matrix and Sherlock Holmes. It stars Robert Downey Jr. as Harry Lockhart, Val Kilmer as Gay Perry, and Michelle Monaghan as Harmony Faith Lane. The budget was $15 million, and the box office was 15.7 worldwide. Now, in the trivia, it said that Johnny Knoxville was set to star as Harry Lockhart. Oh, I read that. Before being replaced by Robert Downey Jr. Well, was Lockhart going to get his Gucci? <laughs> well, maybe that's, where, or something maybe that's where the bloody electrocution of the testicles came from. Maybe that was Knoxville's, um, Knoxville's <laughs> input. <laughs> He'll say, he'd say, I'll do it for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he actually attached them. <laughs> it attached them. Okay. Mate. All right. What would you take? Oh, I actually hadn't seen this. Hadn't you? Funnily enough. Wow. Look, it's it's got classic Shane Black hallmarks. It's probably not as... It doesn't have as many like memorable lines or memorable scenes as some of his other work, but it's kind of consistently solid all the way through. Yeah. Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer are fantastic. Yep. And I would love to see Downey Jr. in another Shane Black type sort of nice guys sort of set up or something like that because he just fits it so well. It was a little bit muddled a couple of times. Yeah. There were so many twists and turns that a couple of times it was just a bit muddled and you got lost in it anyway because it was all just this crackling dialogue with Downey Jr. and these little scenes going on. that Sometimes you lost what was actually happening, but it's great fun from top to bottom and I sort of... I mean, it's not that far removed from The Nice Guys. Yeah. So the Nice Guys is very similar to this, but probably a little more streamlined and focusing, allowing it to just focus on the characters and not worry about all the twists and turns so much. I reckon I'd probably go three and a half. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was yeah. good. It's nice Guys is a little bit funnier too. Yeah, I think Nice Guys because is funnier. Because some of those sequences are really funny. And there are actually steals a couple from this that go into the nice guys later. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go three and a half. It's highly enjoyable, and the first half hour is great stuff. Like, I was really invested in the first half hour. It gets a little bit flat, a bit slow in the middle, and the detective stuff, it's pretty standard. Mm. The detective angle that you know, and the whole you know, we've got two cases converging and all that sort yeah, of stuff. It's yeah. all very standard sort of detective stuff. I did sort of like him talking about the setup, and you knew what was coming, and then he tried to twist it a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, it was what you expected in terms yeah. of the detective. There was nothing really mm-hmm. new about it. Yeah. But overall, the dialogue's great. The actors are really good. It's a winner, really. So I agree with you. Not quite. The dialogue's not quite as easily requotable like yeah, some of the other ones. Yeah, there's not as many sort of... Even a movie that probably doesn't have as consistent a dialogue of Shane Black's kind of resume, I don't know, maybe something like... Even The Last Boy Scout probably isn't as consistent, no. but it's got a couple of absolute crackers that you yeah. can kind of... That everyone the remembers. ones that everyone remembers. Whereas, whereas this, one this one doesn't. Yeah, and that's... Oh, I don't know, maybe it's a, it's a Downey Jr. kind of staple because Downey Jr. is kind of constantly talking so much and s- what he's saying all through is quality stuff. Yeah. So like, sometimes it just kind of gets lost in a big, bigger kind of... bigger picture of things, I suppose. Well, to kick off the lights for me, I just love that kind of noir style. Yeah. Even though it was set present day, so to speak. Yep. It had all that those little hallmarks. It felt like a, like a fifties detective thing from the opening credits to the narration mm. to you know the old school music. Yeah, names like you know Gay Perry, Harlan Dexter, Harry Lockhart. You know they all sound like old detectives from the fifties. Yep. You know the whole plot point about the old detective novels. Yeah, it's you know, great. All that stuff's really cool and it's really well woven into the the fabric of it. I actually think. Like, building on that, I think the L.A. setting was great, too, because it still sort of fits. Yeah. Still, those characters still fit in that setup of, you know, film producers and the parties that they're having and the, the schemes that they're running. And, yeah. like, you know, there's a lot of elements where you can weave that same sort of stuff in there. Yeah, definitely. Kilmer, Danny Jr. and Michelle Monaghan are all excellent. Downey Jr. and Kilmer together is golden. I mean, it strikes yeah, off each other perfectly. And I've got a dislike to them two as well, but it's actually more because Kilmer kind of disappears for a little for a while. while. Yeah. No, they're fantastic. Like, Downey Jr. is just kind of magnetic. And they, yeah. they always talk about how he'd start, this was a point where he'd started to sort of clean up a little bit and this was kind of the build-up to Iron Man, and you can see it. Mm. Like, the guy is just uber-talented. It just seems effortless. Yeah, yeah. You know, the scenes where he's he's got to play, like, when his mate's just been shot, yeah. and then he's got to play the script that's saying the same thing, it's just awesome. Yeah. He's one of those guys where you could just say, oh, just talk and try and punch this scene up a bit, and yeah, you yeah. guarantee that he could do it. Yeah, that's right. Um, and he is and fantastic. But Kilmer. Kilmer, Kilmer gets my um, gets my golden... He's the MVP? Yeah. He, he is He's really, really good in this role, and it's yeah. kind of sad to think that he doesn't get work. Well, I look at it, and I'm like... It's a shame that you appear to be such an asshole that you can't get yeah. work when you act like this. Yeah, yeah. Because you're such acting a good actor. so good. It is sad. Which must mean you are a real <laughs> asshole. You are a right prick. If you can act like this, but nobody wants you around. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're walking around base parties, bloody grabbing balls and stuff. And he won't even have you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Bay's going, listen, get but rid you're of Kilmer. you kicked out of base parties. Kilmer's <laughs> here. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> He was on the list. He's not ever heard of here. <laughs> Dialogue is great. Yeah. It is good. I mean, I cannot, I could not stop laughing about like, that whole sequence with Native American Joe Pesci, <laughs> Brazilian Billy Bob Thornton, and uh, did we? Did you catch a punk rock Steven Seagal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, punk rock Steven Seagal. Brilliant. <laughs> that sort of stuff is just 
gold. There's also a piss funny one where Downey says to um, Kilmer early on, so you still gay? He goes, no, 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 I'm knee deep in pussy, but, <laughs> but I just love the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all right. I actually really liked that Kilmer was getting... Um, like they were throwing all these all these gay gags at him. In another movie, you would have been looking at that going, "Oh, this is this is very ordinary." <laughs> but you're watching this, and it's clear that Shane Black's like, "Yeah, they're making all the gay jokes, but Gilmore's just throwing them all back." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's kind of in a way, it's it's um, taking on all the kind of stereotypes and just turning them on their head. Well, it's funny because I actually think having a gay PI again, it just it just circumvents the, the usual detective tropes. Just a little, yeah. And I thought it was—I thought it was really, really, go- really co- good to have, because Kilmer was still the guy in charge. He was still, you know, kicking ass. He was, you know, it didn't change anything about him as a detective. Yeah. And I really liked that. It's just that he was gay. Yep. That was it. And it was just, yeah, they made a few gags about it, but as you say, well, Kilmer's made, character was just like a couple of times they made the off-color gags, and then Kilmer kind of. Yeah, just you know, went with threw it. Them and, back, and, and threw them threw back. And I really there's, there's, like there's still a couple of times where you could say, oh, yeah, that was a little bit clumsy, but for the most part, I think it works works yeah. fine. And the, the important thing for me is that it changes nothing about the character. Exactly. It's not like he took, he's like, oh, we've got the gay character, but I've got to play all the stereotypes. It's the exact no. opposite of that. It's just yeah. Kilmer doing a little bit of, you know, Kilmer. Yeah. With a few eccentricities, which is just Kilmer, but yeah, 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 yeah. it's sound of it. And then. It's like, yeah, but everyone else is making it an issue and but he's just Blake like deflecting it. Some fucking awesome movies too, and given some rock solid performances. Oh fucking I, I mean Tombstone. Tombstone. I'm still we need to get Tombstone on here. I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah, yeah, I need it. Yeah, it's a real shame that he just can't get over himself. Yeah. <laughs> I love that chick with that that oh, sorry, that um part of the party where that girl goes, um, I do a little bit of acting, and it cuts to her oh. having sex with like getting head ripped off. Yeah, head ripped off, like what looks like a bloody uh, a, a pig man of some sort. Okay, so that, well, that's one of her parts. She's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Is it wrong that I was looking at that going, oh, geez, I'd, I'd watch that movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I immediately went, what's that called? <laughs> what's that film called? I need to find it. Um, I like some of the self-referential. There's this, this the film, the things where he talks and stops the film, and he he talks about things that are happening, and then goes, "All right, I got to go backwards and tell you something else that I missed." Yeah, yeah. And then you know, gee, that was kind of a shit, shit narration. You know, like he kind of, it's kind of real um, self-referential about what's going on, and, and yeah. it's part of the detective. You know, the hard-boiled detective type of thing. I know some of the some of the reviews I looked at thought it was a bit too kind of wink-wink at the audience, but I I kind of found it. it fine. I think it's just, I don't know, I think it was just Downey Jr. is so, he just gets you so caught up in it that sometimes you don't even don't even think about that stuff. I believe we get a thrill me. We do. Yeah. We get a thrill me from Kilmer. Yeah, Kilmer says thrill you me. you 30 seconds of my time, thrill me. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, shit. That's uh, <clears throat> obviously a bit of a nod to, um, I think Shane Black's a mate of Fred Decker. Yeah, is that yeah. Right? Yeah. Certainly thrilled us, Val. Yes, you if did. If you could get back to doing that, that'd be much appreciated. Um, I love that sequence where Daddy tries to play Russian roulette with the poke and then just shoots you in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I already put one bullet in there. Yeah, that was really gold. <laughs> and he's like, there's an 8% chance. <laughs> Killer's like, who taught you to do that? <laughs> And the funny thing is that Kilmer starts, you know, I think he makes a phone call 
and you come back and Downey's still there going, eight twelve. <laughs> it's eight percent. Like he's still like, going through it. Yeah, it was really funny. There was a couple of like even going back. No, I actually had written down that I laughed at um, Proto-Cop dressing up and cracking a beer. <laughs> Why, that, that visual just cracked me just up. fell out the window. <laughs> I was standing there cracking over a beer, and then, yeah, it just falls out the window. Um, but more similar sort of downy stuff. Of, at the start, when the guy's touching up Michelle Monaghan at the yeah. party, <laughs> he, starts, he starts telling him, you know, Talking. just get out of here. And then the guy's like, I'll kick the shit out of you. And he's like, he just sort of talks him down. The delivery from Downey is so good yeah. that you buy it. You're like, yeah, oh, he's a crook. Next scene. Yeah, yeah. You're like, he's a crim. He's talking it up here. You know, he's, he's confident, whatever. The next thing, he's on the ground getting the shit kicked out of him. And I was just like, I laughed so hard because the way that they crafted the scene and Downey's acting was so good, you just kind of went with it. <laughs> He's just getting belted out there. There is also a very funny piece of dialogue where that, where Harmony says to him when they first meet in the park, and and she's looking over at that other chick, and she's like, "She's um, she's done a couple of bit parts. She slept. She has had sex with more blokes than she's had hot dinners. She's had dinners." And and Daddy goes, "It was neck and neck, and she skipped lunch." (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, he's got some really good lines in there. And Kilmer, you remember the one where Kilmer's um, Kilmer says to him, "If you look up idiot in the dictionary, what do you find?" And <laughs> the picture Daddy of me. There, picture of me. No, you'll find the definition of idiot. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> the torture scene where Daddy's having his balls zapped, and Kilmer is just egging the bloke on, going, "Look at him! He can't even look at me." <laughs> and Daddy's there going, "Ah!" <laughs> Wasn't he getting poked in the kidneys or something? Yeah, yeah, off screen. Poking poking him in the kidneys. (laughs) And for me, my last like was the actual ending, the finale, where he's hanging from the corpse's arm and the gun slides down and he starts shooting everyone. Yeah. That was nicely handled because the movie's not particularly action-packed. Yeah. What does Corbin Burns say? So something like fucking Captain Magic or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's well handled. It's really it's quite well directed. Yeah. So yeah. it's not a big action film, but that kind of sequence just ties things up really nicely. Yeah. I also like in the ending where Kilmer comes in and says, and talks to Michelle Monaghan about her sister. Yeah. And he sort of says, no, no, she did, she did kill herself. Like, yeah. That was that was uh, I don't know. It just wrapped things up quite nicely. It took the elements of the the detect the, the the you know the hard boiled detective stuff mm. and put the twist on it. Yeah, it was a little more because he he'd gone with a little more of that seedier tone just briefly early on about her sister. Yeah, and then kind of wrapped it up and he kind of gives you the spin of oh yeah it's a bit more I don't know it is uh, a, a bit more. I don't know what the word is, but it's it's kind of taking elements that weren't included in that, kind of grounding them a little bit more in yeah. reality. Yeah. Even even though it's very far removed from reality. Um, and look, there was a bit of strange stuff in it, but I think it kind of worked. Like the bit where he gets his finger cut off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is very henchmen? red. Ike Mike and Mustard. Yeah. The other guys there going, what the fuck does that mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> that sort of stuff was making me laugh pretty consistently. Yeah. But yeah. those scenes, even though they were a little bit weird, yeah. they kind of worked 
Because the the finger cutting scene, he then has it stitched back on and it's ripped off like yeah, five yeah, minutes later. Right. You know, like what about the um the <laughs> the timing of when Harmony drops that she slept with um Chuck Chutney? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, <laughs> brilliant. You slept with Chuck Chutney. Then, you know, know, it's the going door. for the it's going for the cliche moment, yeah. and then she just drops it and it cuts to the door. Oh, you slept with. <laughs> <laughs> We can talk about comic timing. I was, I was again. I was killed over laughing heavily yeah. at that. I, I didn't have any other big likes. No, no, that was it for me. Now dislikes. Not a long list. No, no, not a long list. But the middle section is a bit slow. Yeah. When they start putting the two cases together and sort of coming to this conclusion as to what really happened. Yeah. It's a little bit slower. The pacing goes down a little bit. We lose Kilmer for even, a portion yeah, of that for quite a while. Which the less it. the less time he's uh, sorry the, the the more time he's removed from it. The the film is sort of lacking for it. Yeah, because him and Danny Junior bounce off each other, each other really well, mm. and that's not a knock on Michelle Monaghan because her and Danny are good together as well. But it's a different dynamic. Yeah. You wonder whether if you had like a nice guy's sort of set up where they spent as much time as those two did yeah, together. Yeah. Be similar. Could have been really Yeah, yeah, really that's good. right. So and that's kind of what the nice guys gets right. Yeah. It has his daughter as kind of like the the second fiddle, but she's not in it as much as say in this. But that's because they kinda of had to have that whole Relationship between the two of them, mm. Monaghan and, and Danny Jr., which is kind of essential. You yeah, know, you when need the movie's it, yeah. called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Exactly. <laughs> so you can see why Kilmer steps away, but unfortunately his his absence is felt. It is felt. And you I know, actually felt. I'm sure it was, uh, not a lot of people say that about no, no, Kilmer. No. Normally, it's his absence is fucking celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> Kilmer's left. Fucking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my really, my only, sorry, I've got two, two more. The second half of the film, although still enjoyable, is much straighter. Mm. It's not as comedic. It's not as funny. It it diverts away from the humour into a more straightforward detective style thing that's not as funny. Yeah. And I, not that I feel that hurts, but it for me it did. Because that first half hour, I was laughing my ass off and loving it. Yeah. And then it just takes a little bit of a move away. Takes a turn. Yeah. Yeah, I actually felt, I mean, even at the start, it's a little bit tangled up. Like, working through all the backstory to get everything yeah. together. Like, that's it's, it's engaging to watch, but it means that really the, the thing that's the things that set everything in motion don't really happen till almost the half hour mark. So it's, I don't know, it might be a product of Downey Jr. and, and co. being so good yeah, that you can't cut some of the shit that they they do. Like yeah. they're, just, they're just so uh, interesting to watch. Yeah, uh, I, think that, I mean, it's it's weird to say, but I think one of the, the big things about the movie is that the, the plot kind of gets lost because yeah. those guys are so good. Yeah. Sometimes you just kind of lost as to it's where all it's all happening, and you know, you the same the thing kind of happens a little bit forth. with the nice guys as well. Mm. But in the nice, the nice guys, guys, also had the the um, really strange plot about the car bike, didn't it? Yeah, the whole um, 
the bloke that was sell the bloke that was the bloody car the catalytic mogul. converter and all that yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. But the thing about the nice guys that worked more in its favour was you didn't l- you still had Gosling and Crow on screen together. So I remember watching the nice guys and going, "What the hell's happening again?" But I was just l- wrapped up in the two of them just bantering with each other. Yeah. And this because. Kilmer disappears for a while. The yeah. banter then disappears. And and they try and pick it up with her and him. And it's not quite as but good. But it's not quite as good. It has a couple of moments. Yeah. But, yeah, just Val Kilmer is so good. Yeah. That, like him and Downey. And at some points where Downey's taking a back seat to Kilmer. Yeah, yeah. Kilmer's doing all the... Which is not easy to do, I yeah. would think. And as I said earlier on, the case they're investigating is pretty standard stuff. Hmm. It's not... Greatly, like it seems like they're trying to weave in interesting twists and all this sort of stuff, but it they're not great twists, you know. Like, I'm not walking away from a gun, geez, I didn't see that coming. Mm. It's just kind of like two cases kind of come together, and it's just a little well, some bit... of them you see coming, some of the twists are all right, yeah, but there's so many of them you just kind of you almost don't bother to try and pick up the clues. Yeah. Because you're just like, there's so many coming that I'm just going to go for the ride and focus on yeah. what's happening. And, and I think that's kind of the best way to, to watch the film mm. It's just kind of let it unfold and not worry about, oh, you know, trying to work it out. Because it's not, it's not one to be worked out. It's just kind of like unfolds for you. Yeah. And it's a little bit tangled and it's a little bit not greatly, you know, it doesn't, grip you as a case but overall it's it's kind of passable like you can accept it yeah uh, I didn't really have anything else no that was pretty much it for me I didn't have a whole lot of dislikes to no. be honest no I, I, I found it very engaging for the most part the most interesting thing for me is that looking at this and reading the, um, the trivia Joel Silver has basically this guy is one of my favourite writers hmm no Without Joel Silver, the guy can't get a movie made. Yeah. I mean, Lethal Weapon, it was his first movie. Yep. This, it, the only, nobody would have a bar of it until Joel Silver came it up. And the same with the nice guys. Yeah. He'd had that in the background and he, I mean, Silver might have already had his claws on that one for a while because I think that script had been around for a while. Yep. But, you know, this bloke is, he seems to not be able to get, he has trouble getting these films made. Yeah. And I think it's probably because they're not in the classic mould of something that multiplexes would, people in multiplexes want to see. I don't know how you couldn't go into some of these and just not, just sit back and have a good time though, which is what you go to the movies for, isn't it? Yeah. Because this one, I read that in the US at least, it got to like 160 screens or 170 screens or something and that was it. Yeah. Seems like a... Seems like a bit of a, especially on a fifteen million budget, you know, yeah. crank crank out a couple of thousand screens, and you probably make some money on this. Hmm. And the nice guys were a bit the same. I think they put that on a lot more cinemas, and but it didn't exactly blow up. No, which is disappointing. Which is a shame because it's so good. Yeah, we definitely have to do that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, look, I, I really enjoyed it. That's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is you know I I hadn't seen it in a lot of years, hmm. and I kind of forgotten it. Basically, I'd, I knew it was there, but I remember thinking it's kind of a lesser one. Of Well, it kind of got overlooked in his canon for a long time until the whole Iron Man stuff, right? Yeah. See, it seems like Black takes 
certainly in his uh, since Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, now he's come back because he we went AWOL for ten years. Mm. He takes he, he puts out a project like this that he's really passionate about, but then yeah. he takes a yeah you know, Iron Man three, the Predator, you know yeah. there. Well, fuck! After the Predator, I'm assuming that he wishes he had a fucking spaceship to fly <laughs> fly away from as right. well. Yeah, I still was, uh, I still want to know what their initial script was. Yeah, because I it wasn't that. No, well, the ending. We already know the ending had like three or four other things that were yeah. possible that were far better. But I think the entire thing would have been different. Mm. I think, from what I've read, the ending wouldn't have been any of those. It would have been something else because the the entire film yeah, had the whole film a different. totally different package about halfway through, I think. But even then, if you get the worst film and you still go with the shit ending, like, yeah, <laughs> what's happened here? They really screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah, yeah. All right, that is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes and Spotify. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia and at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. We're also on Instagram at thrillmepodcast.au. Our next episode is a bit of an interesting one. Mm. Another Christmas flick. It's 2017's Anna and the Apocalypse, and I believe it has got some... Musical numbers in it. It is a so musical. So we're very much outside of our comfort zone in this case. But until then, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.